Welcome back. Hour number four of the Bill Michael Show. All of you hanging out. Hanging out right now over there on the uh, the Bud Light live stream. Kudos to you for being here. Coming up here in about 15 minutes, our buddy Mike Clemens is going to be joining us. Um, yes, uh, I had a couple of questions here during the top of the hour I wanted to answer real quick. One is, uh, how many times are the Packers running out of shotgun? It was interesting you say that because today uh, ESPN had a statistic that the Packers have run out of 226 plays offensively, 226 191 of those plays are out of shotgun. The success rate on the plays that are under shotgun, which is 35, have been at a 90, close to a 90% clip. So take it for what it's worth. Best thing, best thing I can tell you, just take it for what it's worth. Um, 877-867-1670, I want to discuss why the uh, the anger today has turned towards Mark Murphy. And I'm not protecting the organization in that sense. That's not what I'm doing. I just don't understand it. You know, that's like blaming a chef for bad service at a restaurant. You know, ultimately, yes, you're responsible for it. But, you know, if the server comes out and drops your food, that's not the chef's fault. You know? Um... So I, I, I don't I don't necessarily get that. I mean, if you have the same bad play over and over and over and over and over again, yeah, then ultimately the president has to figure out what they're going to do to change things. But I don't I don't go to the Mark Murphy thing, you know? I that and, and everybody brings up the slutting hill. Hey, that's I guess Look, if I'm Mark Murphy and all you're going to do is bring up the sledding hill, I'm going to smile at that. Granted, it's, it was kind of a goofy picture, but he did things in, and has done things around the stadium that has made this organization money. In the grand scheme of things, he's done a fantastic job in keeping the franchise viable. That's all you can ask out of the president. The rest of it is the president hires the general manager, the general managers and such hire the coach, and the coach and the GM bring in the coaches and the personnel. But beyond that, no, I, I'm, I'm good with that. I mean, for, for a team that does not have a specific owner, to be able to have a war chest of money to continually make improvements, the venues, one of the top venues in all of football that people envy and idolize, the experience, the game day experience, continually gets better. Um, you know, I they don't have a dome, so it's not like, you know, I mean, I, one of the best productions uh, of game day experience I've ever seen in the stadium is the, the Vikings. I hate to say that, but it is. The Vikings and the Cowboys. But they have domes. They have capability to do certain things, you know to put things inside and to be able to do things. Um, but I think the game day experience at Lambeau Field is is incredible. The facility is amazing. Have they become wildly corporate? Yeah, that's unfortunate. You know, used to be, they used to be tangible, tangible touch points, and that you don't have that anymore. But I don't go after Murphy for that. 
you know. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, uh, feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Um, this is from uh, Joseph, who says, uh, we go after Murphy because he is the guy ultimately responsible. If things stink, it's because of him, because it all rolls downhill. I don't know. No, no I, I, there's certain things that are out of his control. Uh, let's go to Renee, listening to us in Milwaukee. Renee, what's going on? Hi, Bill. Yeah, how you doing? I'm great, and you? So far, so good. Okay. You tell me, tell what's you. on your mind? I have to tell you, Bill, I've been listening to you a long time, and uh, there's no better voice in Wisconsin to listen to uh, after a, a disastrous game like the Packers yesterday than somebody <laughs> like you. You're just Thank a consummate uh, voice on that. And uh, my comment is not about uh, Mr. Murphy, but I do think you're right. I think he's caught in the crosshairs, and they're just looking for anybody to blame about the Packers' troubles. But uh, uh, that coach of the uh, Jets, Mm -hmm. he was a coach with the San Francisco 49ers some years ago. And he coached that game that they they just annihilated the Packers. I think they were in a playoff game with the – 49ers and he was I think he was a defensive coach at the time Mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know I just think that I'll do respect to Mr. LaFleur I'd like to give him a couple more years to see what happens especially you know when Aaron Rodgers retires but I just think certain coaches he can't coach uh, uh, he's just you know got to catch up with them and I think that uh, this Sila I don't I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right Sala Robert Sala yeah Sala, uh, he just seems to have uh, LaFleur's number because, I mean, he just outcoached him in that game and then yesterday. So, you know, and they're, they're, they're good coaches and they're great coaches. And I'm hoping that LaFleur will be a great coach. And uh, I'm not going to, you know, ask for him to, you know, be fired or anything. I think it's too soon. But, uh, the, you know, he can't suit up and go out there and play. Those players have to play. So right. at any rate, I just wanted to say that. And thanks for listening, Bill. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it, Renee. Renee in Milwaukee. Nice call. Very calming call. Level-headed call. She's right. I, I got a lot of questions yesterday. I don't know the answer to it. Maybe somebody else does. Uh, but Matt LaFleur against his, quote, friends, Shanahan, Sala, his brother, you know, uh, McVeigh against those guys. Uh, I don't have that number sitting in front of me of what he's what he's been able to accomplish against guys that he's directly. Now, here's the other thing. You got a lot of friends in the coaching business. This is a very, very, very small and tight fraternity of guys. So it's in, in almost in essence every week you have a friend on a staff or a friend in a front office or somebody in this business you've worked with by the time you're a head coach you know, after paying your dues. So it's uh, it's interesting that, you know, you want to just say it's against Shanahan, McVeigh, and Salah. Um, and look at the record. Look at the numbers. Those are direct, really good friends, I guess, because of the closeness. But you always have somebody that's got a familiarity with you in, uh, in the coaching business. But really good phone call. Liked it a lot. Uh, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen. Oh, Doug dropped off. Doug, I was just going to get to you. This is uh, this is from uh, our uh, our buddy Steve. Steve says, uh, "Hey, Bill, late thought regarding Mark Murphy. 
Uh, didn't Mark Murphy hire Matt LaFleur? It seemed like Gutekunst, as you said, was snipped at the time. Mark Murphy had a lot to do with it. I think, I, And I also think this, and you're right, Mark Murphy was the one that stood up there and introduced uh, Matt LaFleur. He was the one that took the head on it, just in case I think it didn't work out. That way Brian Gutekunst didn't take the take the uh, the heat for that, so to speak. But I, I, I think once Mark Murphy got everything in place, he stepped away and said, okay, you guys handle this. I'm going to go back to, you know, building parking garages and buying a property around Lambeau Field, the, the renovation of Lambeau Field, the betterment and, uh, you know, more enjoyment factor of Lambeau Field and everything else for game day experience and such. So Mark Murphy is not the day-to-day operational guy. He's he's on the verge of retirement. He's like, look, I just want this team to win. I just want to hoist one more trophy before I ride off into the sunset. So I, I you know, I get it. But when it comes to game day, if you look at this season, okay, let's take it. Let's take it this way. If you look at this season, it ends up where they are seven and ten. They're out of the playoffs, and this is an off season. Then you go to Mark Murphy and go. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Because now everybody's feeling it. Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekinds, Matt LaFleur. Because to have back-to-back losing seasons while you still, assuming you get Aaron Rodgers back, while you have a Hall of Famer, new, new. That means you've probably over wildly overestimated your talent, which is a, a terrible thing. Or you have made horrifically bad coaching decisions and moves along the way. You've not put the right people in the right place to be successful. Then you can look. Then you can look at Mark Murphy and say, okay, now what are you going to do about it? Uh, 877-867-1670 if you want to hit us up. Uh, Jason said over on the Bud Light live stream, he said, uh, I think it's funny or uh, or I don't think I can say 100% that he is a great coach uh, or the coach that we all think he is. Talking about uh, Matt LaFleur. Uh, think about this. He has been outcoached against McVay, outcoached against Shanahan, outcoached against Baisala. He has been outcoached by other coaches. I just think we are thinking he is a really good coach based upon uh, past few games and last season when things are going great and clicking with Rodgers. But, man, I have a feeling we are seeing something come out of Matt LaFleur. They were talking about that this morning on both Good Morning Football and on ESPN Get Up, that Matt LaFleur is not um, – he, he's not a guy you cannot criticize. He has had success. As a matter of fact, Stephen A. Smith said today that he has done nothing but ride the coattails of Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that because of Rodgers. If he was not a good coach, Rodgers would not speak so highly of him. Um, I, I just I don't believe that. You don't you don't win in spite of you got to have a really good relationship and things have to be really good with the right people in place to to create a winning situation. I don't believe that. But what we're seeing now is he doesn't have Hackett, he doesn't have Getzy, he's elevated people, uh, maybe rightfully or wrongfully. Um, he is under pressure. He has now have to he's now have he he has to morph from what he knew to what he actually has as a coach to put the best – for the talent you have to put it in the best position to win. And so far, they've been average at best. Now we'll see what the ability is to morph again 
this coming week and if he can continue to get it right. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Garrett says, what are we going to do if we if we don't make the playoffs this year? Uh, one, draft better. And two, um, your first area of concentration, which I hate to say this because I think it absolutely positively sucks. you got to figure out if your quarterback's coming back or not. But I don't think there's any any doubt about the personnel. you got to get better in the skill position, period. I think you accentuate your defense, but you got to get better in the skill position. And you better hope that the guys that you drafted for the offensive line are, are the real deal, or you have to look in that direction too. Your skill position players are now where you have to go. Uh, Mike Clemens going to round it out with us. Stay tuned. We've got a lot to get to as uh, we continue to talk about the Packers' loss yesterday. And that was uh, at Lambeau against the Jets. Against the Jets. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there. Great Lakes drag away while the season's winding down. That doesn't mean they are because they've got 2023 season passes to be running down there. Great Lakes drag away in Union Grove, Wisconsin. It's going on right now. Go to greatlakesdragaway.com. GreatLakesDragaway.com. Good stuff, good people, good place, a lot of fun. We'll be back after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Get your grill on. How about those ribeyes, chuck roast, burgers, wieners delivered right to your doorstep? Go to ScholzeFamilyBeef.com. That's ScholzeFamilyBeef.com. Yeah, this is the NFL, so nobody's going to feel sorry for you. Let's get back to business. If it's good enough when we're 3-1, and one, it's got to be good enough when we're 3-3. and three. So can't ride the roller coaster wave of emotions. Like I said, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how we all respond to this tomorrow and this week. I'm going to be steady with the guys, and I expect our leadership to do the same. Those are the words of Aaron Rodgers. Got Mike Clemens coming in. Ellie out in uh, West Salem said, uh, dropped your name at Buzzard Billy's over the weekend. And they said, oh, yeah, Bill Michaels was here a couple of weeks ago. Had a great time. Went up to the Starlight Lounge and had a chocolate martini, which was fantastic. Great recommendation. Thanks so much. That's our friends at Buzzard Billy's, man. Good place out there in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And, uh, Ellie, glad you made it in there. Great testimonial. Go to check out Buzzard Billy's when you're in La Crosse. And if, even if you're not and you're heading over to the western portion of the state of Wisconsin, go to Buzzard Billy's, have some dinner down below, go upstairs, Starlight Lounge. Oh, good stuff. And just sit back, relax. No TVs, by the way. It's just like you dropped yourself back into the late 50s, early 60s, and you're waiting for the Rat Pack to come walking out of the corner. It's a fantastic place. That's Buzzard Billy's and Starlight Lounge. Let's bring him in now, our buddy Mike Clemens, uh, who uh, doesn't mind going back to the 60s and 70s. There's some success back there. In regards to maybe even Lombardi ate there or dined there at one point or another, but nevertheless, uh, the Packers uh, not back in the 60s and 70s, not with championships. They're stuck in the 80s right now. Mike, how you been, buddy? I know some Packers that could have used a few chocolate martinis about 6 or 7 o'clock last <laughs> night. Right. So I'll tell you what, man. Uh, usually these games I go over two or three times. There's There's turning points in games. There's key plays. There's maybe new wrinkles and offenses and defenses, I don't think I have to put the tape in because, like we said, just sitting there in the press box, what is going on with this Jets defensive line? They just dominated the game, and they never took their foot off the gas. And the biggest difference that I can tell that's going on right now, Bill, 
is particularly because I've got a strong sense of your opposing coach, Robert Sala, been around him a few times, heard stories about him, obviously his close friendship with Matt LaFleur for the last 20 years, and then the younger brother. And then, you know, about, let's see, three, four, about 7 o'clock last night, I'm still working in the little media office, and then I hear this laughing and joking and stuff, and it's the LaFleur family. It's Matt and Mike's mom and dad, uh, his wife Bree, and then probably, I guess, his Mike's wife or girlfriend or something, uh, LaFleur, Matt LaFleur's sons. They're laughing and joking because they're going from the Packers locker room over back over to, like, the Jets. And it's like, well, you know, they've got – this is you – know, they can't be more proud, right? they they got a head coach right. and offensive coordinator. And what whichever locker room they decided to visit um, – it was going to be a happy place for them, right? So mm-hmm, let's go. Right. Let's go and congratulate Mike and all those guys over on the Jets side. <laughs> you know what's so you go into Robert Sala, and man, the word motivation just comes through, and not just because of the win, but because of the role that they're on right now. And so he was asked, "Wow, four and two? Did you think you had this kind of roster and could start winning games this year? When, when did you realize that?" It starts from OTAs, right? And you go through training camp, and you just see the the mindset, and you just you just I don't know, you just know, right? And uh, and it's not over. I mean, we got 11 games left. There's still a lot of football to play, a lot of football to play, and we got to go on the road again to Denver, and they they've got a really good football team, a lot of weapons and a lot of talent on that football team. So, you know, you just I know we're gonna be pretty good. We just got to continue to stay focused on the main thing, which is getting better. Starts at the OTAs in minicamp, Mike. Yeah. I just wanted and, to be loud with that. No, no, right. In terms of reporting, showing up, pulling a team together, you know, separating things. Robert Sala, you know, if you work for the Green Bay Packers, there's a certain way you got to follow the brand. I'll never forget, it wasn't so long ago, we were talking to Clay Matthews, and he's doing that thing in his locker where you're waiting for him for five minutes where he's shaking the hair around and all that, and, we were joking about, you know, you should probably do that uh, during a TV timeout or something. And he said, he said, or or celebration. Maybe you should come up with a sack celebration. And he said, no, we we don't do that. I go, why? And he looked at me like a guy had read a memo, and he said, because we're Green Bay Packers. Like, you know, the message was strong, at least under McCarthy and Mark Murphy. There's a certain way you carry yourself. Well, mm-hmm. these Jets, they get the unsportsmanlike conduct from the bench, and I guess that was never explained on the TV what that was. And listen how this guy, who's the best friend who, of Matt LaFleur, he talks to him every day. This is how he, how he painted the picture of where he thought the Packers' heads would be playing in the Lambeau Field after losing in London. We knew that they'd come out, uh, backs against the wall at home, that they would come out punching. We feel like our D-line matches up from an advantage standpoint versus anybody, whether that's cocky or uh, unguided confidence, whatever it is. I, we love our D-line. We think they're, they're a rolling ball of butcher knives, uh, and, and there's a lot of them that can play at a high level. And for us, it, it's just fight back. Just keep leaning on them. Just keep fighting, keep fighting. Eventually, the, the longer, longer it went, the more pressure. We felt like the more pressure would be on them. As far as the unsportsmanlike conduct, um, uh, a coach was in the white and ran into the referee, and uh, that was about it. So nothing there that was over the top. It was just, you know, hey, we got so excited, we ran into a ref and called it called it a day. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I want to play that clip again. I mean, imagine how this looks in the New York papers. 
This is how he describes his defensive line. We love our D-line. We think they're, they're a rolling ball of butcher knives. Rolling ball of butcher knives. Yeah. I like that. Well, I think that gets football players and a fan base fired up, right? Right, and, right. And so, and, and then you go to Salah and say, I mean, you know, you guys just were playing out of your minds, and you, we've been, they've been seeing this growth this season to get to a winning record. First time the Jets have had a winning record in a week six in an NFL season in years. And so Salah was asked, what specifically did you say to your players to beat the Packers at Lambeau? Um, you know what, um, the, the mindset to go 60 minutes and, uh, and to give them 60% more and just keep giving them body blow after body blow after body blow and just keep hitting them, keep hitting them in the mouth. O-line, just keep pushing and just keep leaning on them. And we felt like if we can just keep taking them down to deep water, they'll find out they can't swim. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Take Drown them to deep opponent. water and they'll find out. Yeah, well, they'll, they'll find out they can't swim. Find out they can't swim. Wow. See, some of these guys, Bill, I mean, they read, you know, back into the Crusades. They... They read about warriors on the plane. You know, they, they look for every right. motivational tool that they can find. Or, or they're not afraid to draft a kid named Sauce Gardner, okay, who looked pretty good, who got his first pick last week. Uh, you could see the speed. And, and, and then after the game, you know, he's, now he's on Twitter because people think it's, you know, it's, it's almost like uh, – uh, Terrell Owens running to the middle of the Dallas Star and celebrating, right? That to, for the, for Sauce Gardner to get a cheese head and walk out of Lambeau Field with that on his head, which, by the way, Alan Lazard ran up from behind him in the tunnel and knocked it off his head. Uh, and Sauce said, no, man, I was, I was celebrating with some Jets fans there uh, on, the, on the wall, and they, they gave me this cheese head. And he said, hey, it was an honor to play against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, just being able to play against somebody like Aaron Rodgers, you know, that was a true blessing. Like I said, I grew up playing Madden, and he always been on Madden since I can remember. Running off the field with that cheese head thing, cheese on my head. They put it on my head, the Jets fans, so you know, I just had to take it and run with it. That was a crazy feeling right there. Look, I, they just whooped your ass. I don't care if he runs out with a cheese head. I know it sucks, but it is what it is. Um, but uh, I thought, Mike, that really, I mean, Sauce Gardner had a couple of balls. They tried to pick on him. Boy, you talk about a guy that rose to the challenge. Yeah, and you know that when you're on the visitor's side, there's that skinny little hallway that they've sort of rebuilt. So when you're actually trying to get in the visitor's door, you've got to go down this little hallway. And for right. some reason, Jets TV – was doing their interviews with some of their players out in the hallway instead of in the locker room. And so I had to stop because it's so narrow. And There's a, a camera person, a woman that's asking Sauce Gardner some questions. So I just could, kind of waited for the end of this interview. And then my jaw dropped, but it's like, you know, can I get a copy of that? Because he was talking about, um, you, know, you know what I loved about playing at Lambeau Field? Those, these fans are so smart. They're so quiet when Aaron Rodgers and the offense was out there. It helped us with our communication. Oh yeah, it was it was excellent, you know, and that's that's what's great about this field. This is my first time being here, but like, it was it was quiet when we was on defense. So like everybody was able to communicate, you know, and uh, be on the same page. 
What was Coach Sala's message to the team in the locker room after the win today? Uh, <clears throat> they chose us. When you go play foot, when you go play in London, you can pick if you want to a bye week right after, or you can pick, you know, what team you want to play. And they picked they picked us. So, you know, they thought they was gonna get the same old Jets, but you know, we came out there today and dominated. Wow. I mean, the, uh, Sala <laughs> took all this stuff from Lafleur, like you know, hey, you know, we could have taken the bye week, but. The league probably says, hey, if you if you play along, if you want to have your bye week later, we, we can probably get you one of these teams that's on your schedule, uh, you know, to come to Green Bay. And so that'll that'll entice you to make the trip to London and 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 still keep things going. So ah, last spring, sure, I'll take the Jets, no problem. <laughs> and the wow. solid tells that to his team. I mean, no wonder these guys are flying off the wall, right? Yeah, yeah. and I was talking about it earlier, Mike, the sidelines when their defense was just getting after it. Their sidelines, I don't know if they showed it on TV, but they were just, you talk about a pumped-up team and and a team with veracity, man. Wow. So put yourself in my shoes. Now you're done with the Jets. You go downstairs into the Packers, and you got your Packers head coach up there at the podium talking about just losing to the Jets and his best friend, Robert Sala. Look at the difference in, in energy and words. Well, obviously, uh, extremely disappointed right now. Uh, that was very humbling when you're in your own building and you get taken like that and lose by three scores. Um, we got to be better, absolutely. Uh, coach it better, got to execute better. We got to get back to work. But the reality is, uh, right now, we're six games into this thing, we're three and three. There's a lot of ball in front of us, but we have to have that urgency to want to improve. We got to clean up a ton of details. Um, you know, we're gonna have to take a good hard look at everything. Give the Jets a ton of credit. They came in, they were prepared. You know, I thought our defense battled in that first half. I thought, uh, you know, special teams. There were some good and bad, obviously, uh, but we didn't do enough offensively in that first half to to even give us a chance to to take control of the game and. There, there's going to be adversity in this league. We know that. And I, we're going to find out a lot about ourselves. You guys have some really good players on offense. Why, why haven't you been able to put together a full game yet this year? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. It's a fair question. I don't know. Wow. Wow. Great players on offense, and you can't put, a, put, put together a whole game. Uh, that's a great question. I don't know. Wow. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. We'll talk more with Mike. Hey, they're about to drop the puck. The Milwaukee Admirals got it going on. Their new season underway, 2022-2023. Tickets available, whether it's single-game tickets, season tickets, specialty promotional night tickets, Milwaukee Admirals hockey action. It's back. It's at the UW Panther Arena. They're going for a Calder Cup. Got into the postseason last year. Got past the first round. Now they're ready to take that next step with better guys. Here we go. Hockey season, it's underway. That's the Milwaukee Admirals. Go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That is MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
In our own backyard, Humberg, Wisconsin, there's a third-generation family farm, Scholze Family Beef. They've been supplying us with great chop steaks, roast burgers, and so much more for a long time now. But did you know they've got a good old-fashioned family farm store right there on site? I encourage you, drive your truck or your car, that's good. But they've got ATV and UTV trails right there. So moto on up to the family farm store after a great day on the trails and get your grill on. Go to ScholzeFamilyBeef.com. That's Scholze, S-E-H-O-L-Z-E, FamilyBeef.com. Um, you know what, um, the, the mindset to go 60 minutes and, uh, and to give them 60% more and just keep giving them body blow after body blow after body blow and just keep hitting them, keep hitting them in the mouth, O-line, just keep pushing and just keep leaning on them. And we felt like if we can just keep taking them down to deep water, they'll find out they can't swim. That is uh, a bold statement to say the very least. Big time. Robert Sala. The uh, head coach, the Jets, taking them down to the deep end, and well, they'll figure it out. They can't swim. Woo. Man, oh, man. This portion of the program brought to you by our guys at Burn Pit BBQ. Burn Pit Barbecue. Go to burn, burnpitbbq.com. Best sauces, rubs, hot sauces. They got it all. They're veteran-owned, and they're right here in the state of Wisconsin. Go to burnpitbbq.com. This portion of the program also brought to you by our friends at the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable. Great place to stay, and they bring you our buddy Mike Clemens, which is uh, good stuff within itself. And all you got to do is go to baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com, or call them 920-494-3441. Mike, um, the offensive line got their ass handed to them. I don't know how else to put it. Bill, the other thing is offense in general. It's just what was – Six weeks into the season, what was a great game for the offense? I don't think they've had one. And the thing is, and they've been healthy. I mean, I know you, you, you've got David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins coming back from ACLs, as well as Robert Tunyon, your tight end. But they've been healthy. They had a, a healthy group coming out of camp. Credit Matt LaFleur for that. Uh, now the injuries are starting to pile up a little bit when Sammy Watkins goes down with the hamstring and they put him on IR for a month, then Christian Watson, hamstring, and now Randall Cobb carted off with an ankle injury that Aaron Rodgers said, you know, afterwards, said, I've talked to him. It looks like the x-rays initially were negative, so he doesn't think he – looks like he didn't break his ankle. But, you know, so maybe they get him back in a couple of months or something. But this has been a relatively healthy group up to this point. And then you go up against this Jets group, just it just pounds you, and pounds Aaron Rodgers four sacks. They hit him nine times, and you ask, you know, your left tackle David Bakhtiari, what's up? Yeah, too many times not winning the down. That's one thing that I felt uh, noticing. You know, tip your hat to the Jets; they did a good job penetrating front, mixing a lot of guys uh, down in the box, and uh, that's blood. And that's what uh, we're talking about blood. That's what the defense sharks are going to look at. And until they fix that, they're going to keep. Uh, Attacking that. Blood in the Strong water. statement. Sharks and I, I, I completely agreed with that. They saw that weakness, man, and they kept pounding it, and that offensive line didn't have an answer. And they went after Royce Newman, and so then they yanked him for performance. They put in Jake Hansen, and then he ends up suffering what they described as a bicep injury, immediately out for the rest of the game. You hope that's not another one of these torn biceps like some of these Packers guards have had, but. Then they had to put Royce Newman back in. Some people are asking me, why not Zach Tom? I go, yeah, I don't know. He's a rookie. He looked awfully good in camp, but uh, they're they're in a dogfight, and they're going to put in a guy that 
had all those snaps last year. Yep. No, I remember, uh, what wasn't it, uh, Mark Tauscher, rookie, had a great uh, great indoctrination. And then all of a sudden he gets hurt, and uh, Brian Balaga, as a rookie, wins a title. Oh, by the way, maybe rookies can play the offensive line. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's just being in sync with Aaron Rodgers and dropped passes. And, you know, Al Lazard can seem to be drop one or just out of sync with Rodgers. And then he'll he'll make a diving catch which might end up being the best play of the game. And so, you know, he, he took re- reporters' questions. There are a lot of those guys that cleared out yesterday in the Packers' locker room. They don't want to talk about it right now. But Lazard was asked, you know, what about this offense where you, it seems like you can't score any points in the second half, even in the games that you won? We know what the standard is. We know what the expectations are. And we just got to go back out and fix it. You know, we start next week, go to D.C., Start the game off, it'll be 0 0. So we just have another opportunity to prove ourselves. Alan, is it one thing with the offense, or is it a bunch of little things? Um, I think the one thing is that it's just details. You know, I think um, it's, it's easy to say that now, coming off the game and everything, but to know more of that full answer, I think you got to be able to evaluate the film and, and watch and dissect it from that perspective. Um, yeah, I think it's just a few details that we're missing up. A play here and there, catching the ball. Um, you know, look at it in. I think it's, it's top to bottom. It's not just, you know, the QB and the play calling. It's, you know, the O-line. It's the running backs, the receivers. All of us got to be as a as a um, well-oiled engine, as they like to say, um, working together. So we've had struggles with that throughout the time of the year, and there's been times where it's been beautiful and, and we've been able to move the ball down the field easily. So we know that we have it in us, and we know that we're capable. We just got to go out there and show it. I, I I keep Mike. I'm ready to rip my hair out for guys talking about. Well, it's the details. It's a, and it is, but it's the details. It's the, when does that stop being an excuse? It's like, come on, man. You know, at what point do you just admit you got your ass whooped and you got to do something a little bit different? That and you know, here's the other thing. Um, if really strong defensive lines are are your kryptonite right now, it doesn't get any easier. As dysfunctional as the Washington Commanders are, the best thing about that franchise is that Ron Rivera's got a good defensive line with Montez mm-hmm. Sweat and Jonathan Allen and those cats, so that challenge doesn't get any, any better. Uh, and even when you're veterans, you know, like Elton Jenkins is desperate, so he gets called with a hold. You know, David Bakhtiari jumped off sides in the critical final minutes in the game against the Giants. That's not helping. Those, these are part of the little things. Or you're Robert Tunyon, who, God bless this guy, he ends up leading with catches, He's coming back from the ACL, and he's level-headed and keeping positive. He's doing his job, at least. But, you know, I asked him, it must be tough for you to be downfield. You make your cut, you look back, and there's Aaron Rodgers running for his life. You know, uh, I mean, how do you uh, – what's what's it feel like when you're out there and, and, and or, or you run your route and you see this great opportunity and one of your guys jumps off sides? Here's Robert Tunyon. You never want that, but – when you're playing from behind the six, you're going to have to kind of throw the ball around, and they can, their defensive line can pin their ears back and just kind of go after them. So, just got to stay ahead of the sticks and kind of help ourselves out on that. Just, I think there's always a sense of urgency. I don't think there's a sense of urgency to find a quote-unquote identity. I think it's mostly coming in, working, being consistent with your work off the field, and kind of hoping that leads into on the field. But at the end of the day, like I said, we just got to execute more consistently. 
Mike, uh, the the ugliness of special teams reared its bad, ugly ass head yesterday as well with the block punt and the scoop and score, and obviously the pooch kick that didn't work. And it just seemed like yesterday was just a, a mess for the Packers. Again, yeah, and you know, good scheming from the Jets. They know where the weak points are. Uh, Packers come out and block a punt, so that was great. And then the Jets come back and block a Mason Crosby field goal. And then, as you say, they, they block a punt. And that ends up, you know, flipping the game scoreboard-wise. Donald Levitt is one of these guys that Rich Bisacci has brought in. He's back there to look in the field and, and was asked, you know, what happened to special teams in the second half? Uh, I mean, it was just one play on a, on a punt block. Um, we just had bad eyes and maybe a miscommunication, and we'll look at it on tape and we'll fix it. Look at it on a tape. I, I've got that now as a T-shirt. We're going to just wear that. We're going to have a green-out day or a yellow-out day at uh, – at Green Bay Packers game, and we're going to yellow out, and it's what across his shirt it's going to say. Is we're going to look at a tape. It's unacceptable. Well, that's, that's going to be the be- there. You go. This well, this is what's tough for me. It's because like post game, you're tr- you're trying to just get a sense. Like, oh, come on, you know, g- give me an idea. Right. And I understand they do need to look at the tape to see exactly what happened. They're always looking at the scoreboard for replays. But then you know, then they go away for Monday and Tuesday, and you see them on Wednesday. And I've had a chance to look at the tape. I've probably got a couple more questions to just understand how they're moving on. And they say, oh, yeah, you know, that's in the past now. We've moved on to Washington. (laughs) Right, right, right. And it's not like, you know, you can knock on their door on Monday and say, did you get a chance to look at the tape yet? Can we talk about the game? Right. Yeah. Yeah, Well, it's the ultimate in red China. I've said that for a long time now. They're not going to tell you any damn thing. In the meantime, the, uh, the defense, good first half and bad second half, much like the offense. And, again, the buildup with everybody, including the team, including people who watch the league, other teams, it's like, wow. You know, the Packers put together a pretty good defense. They moved on from Zadarius Smith, Shannon Sullivan. But, wow, they have, they've decided to stick with Rasul Douglas, who was a surprise player. Uh, they gave him a contract. They gave Jair a contract. And everybody thought, wow, in training camp, you already had a good defense, and plus – you get Jair Alexander back. Now, yesterday, you know, you went into this game um, d- d- trying to be a little bit more aggressive. And, and Eric Stokes was, said, was asked, is the defense beginning to have doubts how good your team really can be at this point of the year? Oh, man, we just got to face some uh, adversity right now. We just got to continue to fight because, like, we know, like, this ain't us. Like, we know for a fact, like, we done seen it throughout uh, camp throughout the weeks of practice and how we prepare. Like, we know that what we put out here right now is not us. We just know for a fact, like, this is a long season. We still got 11 more games after this. Uh, look at a lot of teams that don't want us to go these past few years. They all don't have their, their own type of adversity, and this is our own adversity right now. So we just go find a way to get through it and, and, and continue to move on. The, the funny thing was, it was a tale of two halves. The defense looked like Joe Barry took the reins off of them in the first half, and they played aggressive. As soon as they got down by 10, suddenly the reins went back on, just keep everything in front of you. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's, you start out seeing Jair right up on the line. Or when they brought out that 4-3 speedster Garrett Wilson that they took in the first round line up there, number 17, um, Jair would travel with him. And so you ask Eric Stokes, hey, it looks like Joe Barry was letting them play up to the line and a little more aggressive to start off in the secondary against the Jets, right? Yeah, I feel like that we was in a lot more man, a lot more – uh, we just fit the man up and just see how everything goes. So um, some of the situations we wish that we would have blitzed a little bit more, but 
it is what it is. Like, be back to the drawing board tomorrow. Wish they would have blitzed a little more, maybe done some things. In the meantime, they get booed off the field. Yeah, and Kenny Clark, you know, is the most positive guy. And so it was kind of surprising to see him kind of down in the dumps at his locker. And this was an interesting answer when he was asked, Kenny, you just walked off that field in the 78,000. They were booing you guys on your home field. How do you react to that? It's all about us. I'm not worried about the crowd and uh, the boos. You know, I'm, I'm focused on my teammates. Just the character of our guys, uh, you know, talking to each other, uh, meetings, um, you know, whatever it takes to, to uh, I mean, we got the right guys in our, in our locker room, and we know, uh, you know, they ain't going to let a loss uh, or two losses in a row just uh, mess up our whole season. So uh, we got to go back to the drawing board. We all got to look at each, each other uh, critically and um, figure it out. Let's do this. We're going to break, take a quick uh, quick break, come back, talk more with Mike Clemens. Hang in there. Don't forget our friends over there at Kane and Kane Jewelers, and they got you covered because they have not only thousands of diamonds in, in place, but they have the Buy Like a Guy, Uncle A's Straight Talk podcast, Buy Like a Guy. They've got VIP treatment. They've got a, an unbelievable nationally preferred warranty. They have in-house jewelers right here in our own backyard. That's West Bend, Wisconsin, and they're voted one of America's coolest stores. So check them out. That is Kane, K-O-E-H-N, Kane and Kane Jewelers. That's KaneJewelry.com, KaneJewelry.com, or check out the Buy Like a Guy podcast. More with Mike Clemens next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Gene Adela in the title tones featuring Wayne Larravee, Jason Wilde, and Mark Tauscher. Game day bus take 47. Let's all take the game day bus to Town. Let's go, go. Wayne, Tausch, Wildy, haven't you been practicing all year? What if I said Pella fans can get 0% interest for 48 months on any replacement project right now? Yeah! And there is your Pella. Can you say that? Isn't that trademarked? Um, his paycheck for this says otherwise. Speaking of catchphrases, we call this the Pella Now Pay Later option. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin's experts stop by for an in-home consultation. They'll help you choose the perfect windows for your home. The installation is completed with no hassle or mess, leaving only perfect results while you put no money down. Make no payments and no interest for up to four years. Schedule your free consultation now at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. So showroom for details expires 10 2022. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's crazy for me, right? Because like this guy's been my idol since I was you know, eight years old. So I remember watching football. You know, he was the quarterback. I copied everything, um, tried to be just like him. So it's you know, as ugly of a game as that was, you know, I think uh, you know he's a great guy. He's someone I've always you know even studied through the NFL and someone that I try and be like. So um, you know, sharing that moment after the game is really cool. You know, just telling him good job and. You know, I'd love to sit there and chat with him all day and just ask him kind of what, you know, he has for me and all that stuff. But it was, uh, it was a cool moment. Welcome back to the program. Mike Clemens joining us as we uh, wrap up uh, today's episode of Heartbreak in Lambeau. And, uh, Mike, uh, you know, I, I now what do you do? You know, you've got, uh, you know, some special teams issues. You've got defensive issues. Uh, you got all kinds of craziness going on in Green Bay. You got uh, nine minutes left to play in the game. You're down by two touchdowns, and Aaron Rodgers throws an incomplete pass over the middle to Robert Tunyon. 
on a fourth down. So the defense has to go out there, and the defense starts giving up. And then you get in, and after the game, Aaron Rodgers was at the podium, and he was asked about falling to 3-3, three and three, the offense not being able to compete, and where do you go from here? I'm not going to freak out or you know make any grand statements. I'm just going to get back to what I do best, go through the process, you know, have real good conversations with Matt and with our staff and, and try and get this thing fixed because those guys care about it. They put in a hell of a lot of time. You know, it's, it's demoralizing, I'm sure, you know, to be grinding the way they do and us to go out there and play so crappy on offense. So we got to fix it as a group. The players got to step up, though. The best teams are player-led teams. So it's time for us as players on both sides of the ball and on teams to like take the, truly take ownership of that. And I can't explain to you exactly what that looks like with an eight-step process, but it's a mindset. And until we get that mindset, we're going to be wallowing in this uh, inconsistency. Three and three. It's uh, mediocre, but you still at least have time to turn it around. Packers, though, are averaging 17.8 points per game on offense. 17 points per game. Yeah. That's the worst since Aaron Rodgers took over as quarterback back in 2008. Mike, great stuff as always, buddy. I appreciate it, and uh, we will talk again later this week. they got a lot of fixing to do, no doubt, pal. Thank you, Bill. All right, buddy. Talk to you. There you go. Our buddy Mike Clemens, Packers reporter, Sirius uh, XM NFL. Good stuff. That'll do it. Hey, thanks to everybody watching over in the Bud Light live stream. We had a great day today as far as people that were there. Holy mackerel. You and I will be back to talk about it again tomorrow as things hopefully turn around. They start the process to climb out of this hole. Ben will be back tomorrow. Ebo sitting in today. Rowdy sitting in today. Ben will be back giddy because uh, Philadelphia's won. You got the Phillies they won, the Eagles they won. He won't even be wearing pants tomorrow, I bet. Time for us to go. Have a going. Ooh.